Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is Anthony Alex from the Angry Mailman podcast, and you're listening to another fine show from the From Page to Screen media empire. Hey guys, this is Ace Marrero from the movie Madison County. Hi, this is David L.G. Hughes, writer-director of the film Hall Bowl Suites. I love the pace and the fastness, and I love the fact that you just roll with it. Hi, I'm Eric England, the director of Contracted. Hi, I'm Jake Amino, the writer-director of The Asian. My name is Nathan Whitehead, and I wrote the music for Beyond Skyline. Hello, Stuart. Just a quick hello from Sarah Douglas. Hi, this is Benoit Holmes from the film The Expedition. This is Dominic Burns, the director of Allies. Hey, Stuart. Page the screen. Zotcom up in my volume. Snake. Yeah, that's my motorcycle running and tracking over the motherfucking snakes. Genius. With Dom, eating pizza, and pussy. I'm Neil Johnson, I directed Rogue Warrior and The Time War, and I crucified Adolf Hitler. The From Page to Screen Movie Hello. Hello, how How are you? I'm I'm exhausted. I thought about you. (laughs) Yeah, something like that. (laughs) Oh... I've been all right today, and in, in the past half hour, it's just I'm sitting down in this nice, comfy chair upstairs, and I'm just sort of, uh, could just go to sleep. It's hit you. I'm not in danger of going to sleep. I think it's just a case of my brain's realised that I've got about three more hours left before I go to sleep, and then get up and do a full week's worth of work, and I don't want to. <laughs> oh, not good. Hello. Hello, Rob. How's it going? Hello. I'm good. How is everybody? Tired. We're all exhausted. Bob's down with monkey virus part two. Oh yes. Um, I don't think Rob's down with it. Rob's down with uh, in dire need of becoming a RoboCop. Oh please! Was that a, was that a really bad kind of pun? Um, if it was, I... a, if it was, I missed it. <laughs> <laughs> was it a really bad pun? You tell me. Was it a bad? Oh, one? you said in dire need. Oh yeah, no, that was uh, yeah, no, that wasn't even purposely meant to be a pun. That was an accidental <laughs> pun. So yes, it was a very bad pun that wasn't meant to be one. So um, how the heck are you both? First, like Bob, how are you doing? Ah, still standing, which is amazing. Do I sit down for my podcast? It's easier. Oh yeah, yep, yep still sort of compass mentis. Yep, throat still as bloody awful. Stomach still rumbling. Uh, head still full of. Monkey virus, stroke flu, stroke cold. Yep. And uh, chest is still coughing quite well. So if uh, I suddenly go silent at some point, I've hit the mute button because I'm coughing. <laughs> we'll, we'll probably time our coughing fits to, uh, you know, to, to fit in. But no, I got to the very, very end of last week's podcast and then the major coughing fit kicked in. So it's like, I'm going to go, oh, bye. Okay. And then I was gone for about five minutes. So uh, I'm doing a hell of a lot better than I was. But I'm still trying to isolate whatever the heck's wrong with me. So yeah. you know, I get up in the morning, I put a bit of deep heat on where the muscles are hurting. I go to work, I'm all right. I then come home and I put deep freeze on it when I'm giving giving the muscles a rest. 
Um, I think the latest, I sound like a bloody hypochondriac, it's doing me any. <laughs> I, I think the latest thing is I'm sitting in the living room and the light bulbs directly above my head, I think they're too high a wattage. So I think they're not exactly helping with, you know, not giving me a headache. So I'm going to yeah. downgrade those. I only realized that this evening. I'm like, hang on a minute. I was sitting in the dark watching films earlier on. And I didn't have a headache and now the lights are on and I've got a headache. I wonder if it's that big bright light that's been sitting above me for about five hours. Possibly. Probably. <laughs> so, yes. So, it's fun in games. So, what about yourself, Rob? I'm fine. Uh, I'm uh, living in a building site. I, uh, I'm hobbling around because of my back. Um, life is good. <laughs> the year is nearly at an end. And maybe next year will be better. I was going to say, we're three right wrecks at the moment, aren't we? Really are, yes. Well, you, you say at the moment, I've been a wreck since the 15th of September, it turns out. That's the mm. day I came down what with the virus. Uh, this year. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. So it's, it's over three months. In fact, it's, uh, yeah, it's three months yesterday. Nice anniversary for me to not bother celebrating. So yes. I've been ill with viruses, overdosing on vitamins, pulled shoulder muscles, um, head colds, uh, all, all sorts. So just one thing after the next. So it's yeah, it's been a. You're just getting them all out of the way, so that next year's going to be better. Well, that's the plan. I've I've got rid of this whole feeling where you go, I'll just take a pill and I will feel better because the human body don't work like that. You've got to really work out what's wrong, how to fix it, how it works in the first place, why it's not working, and how to cure it yourself. That's what I've learned because doctors are flipping useless. They just agree with you and then tell you to come back later on if you still feel awful. And uh, then do so, the same again. They do. Yeah, absolutely no use whatsoever. Two, two <laughs> lots of blood tests, one lot of chest x-rays. All they said was, yeah, everything's fine. Well, everything's not fine because I've been ill since the 15th of September. <laughs> yeah, there's Very obviously annoying. something to miss. <laughs> yes, and I think it is just a case of one lot. And I also need my eyes testing, I think, which is probably some of the headache thing because it's been at least a couple of years since I uh, since I had that done um, yeah my arm muscles are feeling a lot better since I got rid of the iPad though so definitely yeah. some of that was to do with holding the tablet for a silly amount of time in in the sort of weird position so <laughs> the, the shoulder muscle thing is clearing up which is just bizarre makes me sad that I can't use an iPad but I've got a laptop so I use that instead yeah so a nice easy show for us guys this is the first half of the end of year show. Ooh. So it'll be a very, very easy one. So don't panic. There's no homework you need to have done. The main bulk of it will be next week where Stu Miller is coming on with his best and worst films of the year. Feel free to dispute and disagree and rip the piss out of his choices because that is a <laughs> yearly tradition that, that I often do. Um, he hasn't told me what's on his list, but he has told me that on neither list... So, not best, not worst, does the greatest showman appear? Ah. So, Christ knows what he's got on his list if the greatest showman isn't on it. How's that work, Rob? I don't know. It's not um, right. No, it's, yeah. Because, you know, I, I've been on one one show with Stu, and um, so I, I feel like I'm qualified to know him inside and out, and uh, that should have been on his worst list. He should tell me how bad it is, and then I can tell him he's wrong. Well, you can. I'm just sure. And, and if you're anything like me, you'll take great pleasure in just, you know, poking the bear, so to speak. So, you know, I used to love mentioning um, 
like Batman v Superman and how that was my favourite comic book film and it just it kind of tweaks him and it gets all annoyed so I think if we just sort of take it between the pair of us and we'll just mention how wonderful the greatest showman is periodically it'll it might tip him over the edge it's possible could have like little sound clips as well possibly I might just every time we finish a paragraph just play a bit of Hugh Jackman or a bit of a sing song or whatever but he has we're not picking on him he's requested to come on the podcast so I, I think secretly he enjoys it because so, otherwise he wouldn't come on, would he? He'd be like, oh, he's just got nothing else, to, nothing else to do. He's lost the best. He's bet. just hoping that one time you're going to actually agree with him. <laughs> well, no, sometimes I do. It's just not. I can't think of any instances when I have, but sometimes I do agree with him. And <laughs> yeah, don't push me any more than that because I can't come up with any examples. But uh, only when he says what day it is. <laughs> yeah, I always check though. But no, yeah. no, bless him. I do enjoy chatting with him, but his uh, his. His list sometimes will contain films I've never even heard of. <laughs> like, what is that film? And, uh, and for you, and that's a big thing. <laughs> it can be, yeah. If it's got subtitles on it, chances are I've probably not heard of it anyway. But, you know, there are. So far, I've seen 166 films this year, which is a lot less than normal. Yeah. Normally, I'm around the 250 mark. But I, I did vow this year just to watch whatever I wanted to watch, not watch yeah. things because I felt I had to. Don't worry, you, you, exactly, a couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah, I've watched four in Five a day? Yeah. You know. Yeah, I can't even take five vitamins a day. I did once and it nearly poisoned me. So, so I'm not doing that again. I've watched two films today and two films yesterday, though. So I'm trying to, from now till, till we do the end of the year show, I'm trying to catch up on all the major films that have come out. So, you know, I've watched four biggies. Um, this this weekend, and I'll probably watch one more each night this coming week, and uh, Ch- probably some Ch- more next. Change year. Your, your normal films to short films, you'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. I might. I might just Fit start watching in. cartoons or or <laughs> trailers. That'd be a good one. Maybe next year I'll just watch trailers and not even bother watching any films. This year I've watched a thousand trailers. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I've watched eighteen films tonight. Well, I say films. I mean trailers. <laughs> So what I'm going to go through tonight as well is just how the end of the year show works. So there is, I've, I wanted to make it as little homeworky for you guys as possible. Let so, me guess, every time Stu Miller mentions something being bad, we all take a drink. No, Ooh. you'd be drunk by the time. By, <laughs> That's the idea. Within five <laughs> minutes or whatever. I was going to say, speak for yourself. <laughs> yeah, no, Bob wouldn't be. He'd just be like, where have the other hosts gone? <laughs> I guess this is my show now. Mwah-wah-wah. Yep. So, yeah, I've come up with a bunch of categories that, that I'm going to announce, sort of from page to screen awards. Basically, other than your favourite films of the year that you've seen yeah. this year, so they don't necessarily have to be 2018 films. They could be like Gob in the Wind. Films first seen in the yeah, year. Yeah, because Rob and I had this conversation, I think midweek, where he said some of the films that he's seen this year haven't been from this year. They've been yep. like older films. And most. I'm like, most. Most of them. <laughs> yeah. The best film of 2018 is Gone with the Wind. <laughs> so it Quite could frankly, be. Quite frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Exactly. Effectively, it could be Gone with the Wind is your favourite yeah. film of 2018. So as long as you've never seen that film before, uh, I mean, this is the way that I work my role. Stu Miller doesn't. He has this weird, fangled thing where it must have come out between the last show that he did like Boxing Day or something and the time that we do the show this year so he's very strict so you can fully expect if like, Rob goes, oh my favourite film of 2018 is Nighthawks he'd be like, no, that came out in 1981 you're not having it, <laughs> well yeah you can 
So it's basically it's your own categories, guys. So he's very CDO. He's, he's very CDO, yes, he is. He's very or CD up. taken to the extreme. <laughs> exactly. Whereas I'm not. It's, I don't see why we should penalise a film just because we didn't watch it in the year it came out. Exactly. Um, so it's fine. You know, Variety or The Hollywood Reporter aren't going to pick up on any of our lists, so I ain't worried about it. But we will have nice, uh, nice famous people having a listen to next week's show, so... I'll make sure of it because I, obviously I know who's winning my awards so I'm quite happy with that um, and then if you've got categories that you want to bring in you know Bob you've read a lot of books maybe you can do a best book you've <laughs> read with with a bunch of honourable mentions um, Rob you can do best Wales science fiction convention awards <laughs> yes um, just, just anything just basically your own choice of awards that you can give out so it's not too homeworky. I don't want you guys to go, right, I need to watch all, all, all the documentaries that I've seen oh. because Stuart's got a best documentary list. I do have a best documentary list, so, but I've already got a winner for that. Yeah. So that is quite good. So um, where do we start? Yeah, Rob, go on. Here's, here's a nice easy one for you, Rob. How <laughs> has your year been? What have been the highlights and what have been maybe some of the lowlights? Hmm... It's a tough one. <laughs> Do you think so? Do you think overall it's been a good year for you? If you were to mark this year out of 10, mm-hmm. what do you think it would be? I think mine would probably be like, probably an eight, and it would the two points would be lost because of that dumb monkey virus. Uh, I hate to say this. Um, I think I'm going to be down for like a four. Okay. Ooh, wow. So I'm ready for the next year. Now, have you got things in place to make sure that next year isn't a four again? Or has as, as a lot of the, the six-point loss been just pure bad luck? Um, hmm, a bit of both, really. Um, I've got some ideas to make it better. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, spending more time with, with you guys, hopefully, will uh, we'll bring things up. At least, you know, 0.5 of a point or something like that. Yeah, I've caught with that. Well, it would be one point, but you get me with Stuart. <laughs> How did you know what Rob was thinking, Bob? That was impressive. Uh, Bob, is a, Bob is a psychic. <laughs> Psychotic. <laughs> so let's go through some of the highlights. So, Rob, what, thinking back on 2018, you know, you yeah. had a convention. So yeah, con- elements con- of that were, were hopefully a highlight. Convention is always a highlight. Um, you know, you always meet fantastic people, both um, celebrity guests and non-celebrity guests, because the amount of kind of Joe Public you meet um, is unbelievable, and you know, usually very nice people with lots of stories to share, which is always good. Um, so, convention is definitely a plus. Um, I think, unfortunately, that one of the big kind of things that have kind of brought this year down is the day job yeah. it's wow. it, it's just terrible yeah. but it is it's a necessary i don't want to call your day job evil i don't want to call my day job evil but it is it's a necessary thing isn't it i suppose mm-hmm. it, it brings money in to exactly. enable us to try to make the other thing uh get to the point where we don't need the day job to mm-hmm. bring the money in that's the position i'm in with mine Quotes as well. Uh, the film Master and Commander. It's the lesser of two weevils. That's very mm. good. Why did they not make any more Master and Commander movies? That's that is one of no. Hollywood's just 
questions because there were several books, weren't there, Bob? Yeah, there was. And uh, I mean, the people that got in there starring in it, very good. Mm. You know, you got Paul Bettany in there, you know, Russell Crowe. Yep. It's probably just too expensive, I think, wasn't it? It didn't make as much money coming back as it should have done, which is a shame because it's a good film. Exactly. So, what's some of your? So, let's go back to Rob. We'll pick on Rob for a little bit. So, what's some of your highlights? So, what springs from the the top of your mind for Sci-Fi Wales this year? I'm going to go with the look on Neil Johnson's face when that gentleman was cleaning every single (laughs) Blu-ray, which made me smile. Also, when uh, when I met Zara Fithian. For I mean I've met her before, but when I, when I saw her, and she went, oh I've got your present, and gave me that wonderful little Doctor Strange Zelda yes. figure, and yeah. then yeah. she signed it after. Um, for me also when, and my heart skipped to beat when Virginia Hay went, are you going to be filming this panel? I'm like oh god, because I remember, and we we sort of reminisced <laughs> the story about when she, she didn't tell us off, but when she sort of mildly told Annette off for filming, and, and yeah. it turns out Annette wasn't filming. But to sort of sit on stage with Neil Johnson, Virginia Hay, and just just chat with them. In fact, I think all the panels this year I enjoyed. I personally felt that this was the least prepared one for me ever because it felt like I was just sitting down having a chat with a bunch of friends. But in some ways that works. Mm-hmm. But, it still, but it still made me think oh, I'm kind of being a bit of a shyster here and I've not really done as much preparation. But... Uh, and sure. the Yeah. The... the um, the panel I did with Norman Lovett and Phil was amazing. That's still easily one of the most, one of my most favourite panels ever because I had no idea how it was going to derail and if in fact I would survive it, but I did. And I'm looking forward to watching all that stuff again. But I had a lot of fun this year at Sci-Fi Wales and then of course winning one of the raffles, mm-hmm. which was good. And then Bob won the other one, or one of the other ones. Well, my... Uh... Kind of the biggest thing for me uh, was probably being kissed by Virginia Hay. I've not had a kiss out of her. I've had a couple of hugs. I, 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 it's definitely going down. You know, I've been kissed by a Bond girl. Um, kissed by a warrior woman. Kissed by a blue alien from far. Exactly. Um, whilst whilst uh, standing uh, next to, to Mr. Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, that that is definitely my highlight of Sci-Fi Wales. Forget the rest. Yeah, forget you, the rest. You've been kissed, yeah. kissed by a Bond girl. I don't think I've been kissed by a Bond girl. I had lots of hugs and handshakes from Bond girls, but I've never been kissed by one. Uh, I'll give you an extra five points on the uh, 2019 challenge then if you get one. No, you've been kissed by somebody on our list. That's pretty good. <laughs> this list could get well out of hand, though, if we start getting extra points for bodily functions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I will be covering Project 2019 in this episode as well. So, um, so Bob, what's your highlights? While we're sort of circling, circling around Sci-Fi Wales, what's your highlights your of Sci-Fi memories? Wales? Yeah, um, I would say. Waffles. <laughs> no, no, no. That was after Sci-Fi Wales. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, highlights would be, as you say, meeting Zara Fithian, meeting Clem yep. So. Um, those were great. Uh, as you say, spending time with Neil, because he's always fun to be with. Uh, loved being shown the, um, how should we say, the wrestling moment. <laughs> I thought that yes. was rather funny. Yes. So, yeah, uh, that's got to be you know, uh, up there and what have you. So it was a really, really enjoyable event. I thought it went a lot smoother than previous ones i mean i know i was the one filming rather than the one in you know in front of the camera but yeah i i just thought everything went well 
everyone seemed very relaxed with it. Um, even down in, like I say, you went onto the actual kind of, the, you know, the floor in the main room. Everyone seemed to be having fun. You know, the traders were doing okay as far as I could tell. You know, people were talking. You know, it just, I don't know, it just went really well. So, yeah, uh, like I say, main ones would be, like I say, Clemso and uh, Zarephithian. It did feel to go, I mean, I'll, get, I'll ask Rob whether this year's went smoother than the other years, because, you know, it's like, Bob, you and I just show up. We go, oh, all right, we're just going to go to a room, and we're going to have a bit of a wander around. And Rob's been up for weeks before doing all this stuff. So, <laughs> well, you know, Bob, you and I get the easy bit. Um but no, I felt it went smoother. I don't think there was uh, there was no panicking about. Oh my God, this panel's overrun, or it was, well, it not an really, hour part. You're not an hour part. Um, previous year, I think there were because it's just usually down to me because I'm enjoying having a chat and I'm like, oh crap, yeah. forgot what time it was. And all these people start coming interested. Doctor Who, obviously waiting for like a Doctor Who panel. Like, oh crap, but, uh, you lot get off stage next. So that was fun. But uh, so Rob, what did this one go smoother, organisation wise? Uh, I think it's one of those things, isn't it? Everybody kind of who helps out on the day has pretty much been there from the beginning. So as each year goes on, everybody gets, uh, you know, um, kind more of... More comfortable with what they do. Exactly. Uh, a lot more comfortable in their role. So, you know, people literally um, kind of roll out of bed, turn up, and they know exactly what they're doing now. And uh, that that obviously makes things easier. Um, moving the celebrities into the main hall, I think, made things a lot easier as well because they were um, there was no running back and forward between the two rooms trying to kind of work out what was going on and move them around for things. Yeah. So, um, and great. obviously with, with them being in, in the main arena as well, um, they were having fun um, kind of, joining in with various things, whether it would be what, yeah. r- watching wrestling, being involved in the wrestling, and <laughs> <laughs> or just kind of walking around and uh, enjoying kind of what the traders had got on offer. So, yeah, it, it was a good year this year, and uh, it, it was um, kind of um, probably easily the um, kind of the most less frantic and hectic year there's ever been. And we all came away with autographs this year, which I'm well impressed with. Yeah. It's great. Normally, I never have time to get them, but uh, I managed to yeah. get, I think, two or three for myself. And then, Rob, you got me, like, the best care package ever, <laughs> which is amazing. So oh. that was good. Bob, you got some. And oh, Rob, yes. you got some. And so, yeah, that was... The Sci-Fi Wheels are definitely one of my years highlights. highlights. Yeah. Um, I have to give a mention to one of my other highlights being the Newcastle Film Festival, which was just insane. Um, other than the fact I lost one of my video cameras on the way RIP camera one whoever whoever has it I hope you're putting them to good use Um, but it's over I can't remember how many days I was there I think like three or four days or something like that I think it was but over the course of those days to to be able to hang out with Sean Pertwee Craig Conway Abel Ferrara Jake West Neil Marshall it's absolutely insane to be able to sit there in the front row of a like a like a lounge room and film Abel Ferrara talking about his film career is nuts. So I've actually made a film that stars Abel Ferrara, who's a film director. It's nuts. I you know, Sean Pertwee. You know, I get I've made a film that stars Sean Pertwee and Craig Conway. And then I bumped into Sean Pertwee in the bathroom. But that's that, that wasn't in the film. That is not in the film. No, that is not in the film at all. 
but it is a very funny story where I was telling somebody at work about that and they were giggling. Um, <laughs> so it's just, I mean, the Dable Ferrara thing, it was a highlight for me because I've been a big fan of, uh, you know, Bad Lieutenant, King of New York, yeah. Driller Killer to a certain extent. He's always been a, a big New York filmmaker. And you think, would I ever meet Abel Ferrara? It's probably not going to happen because, you know, I'm living in Lancashire and this, that, and the other. But he, he was making an appearance at the Newcastle Film Festival. I got super excited. I'm like, oh my God, how amazing would it be to meet Abel Ferrara? So we went up there. We managed to get our press tickets for the whole event. And the day before, we were due to to go to the, the screening of The Addiction, which Abel Ferrara would be there. Um, we went to the same screen to meet Neil Marshall, Sean Pertwee, Jay West. And it was, it was a real walk. It was like a good old 25-minute walk. And Annette wasn't too happy about the walk. She's like, oh, God, we've got to go, come all the way up here tomorrow. So, well, do you know what? We don't have to. We, we don't have to. It's fine. So if we don't want, if we wake up tomorrow and we don't want to wander back out here for the Abel Ferrara thing, I'm, it's fine. I'm okay. I'm happy. I've hung out with Sean Pertwee and Jake West and all that sort of stuff. And we got up and I said to Annette, said, Look, we'll, we'll skip it. She went, no, no, I know you really want to do it. I said, do you know what? I don't mind. I don't mind. We'll, we'll give it a miss. And my God... I'm so glad I didn't give it a miss because we got into the thing and we were waiting to go into the through the main doors to sit down and watch the the screening of the film The Addiction but they'd left it in London so there was no film to show so they were they were going to reschedule this screening for the day after but we were not going to be there the day after so it's like damn it I really wanted to meet Abel Ferrara the two doors open who walks through Abel Ferrara <laughs> and I just I sort of shook his hand and went, such a big fan. Absolute honour to meet you. Thanks for coming. And we had a very, very brief chat. He toddled off and I said to Annette, I said, I'm happy now. If there's no film, I'm all right. It's not a problem. It's, you know, I've done it. I'm happy. I've not got a picture with him, but I'm all right. So anyway, so I was chatting to, um, I think she's called Meredith. And she's she's been in a couple of Abel Ferrara's films. So I was chatting to her and I'm like, what's going on? There's the no film. She went, no. Um, he was supposed to bring it up from London, but nobody told him he was supposed to bring it up from London. So he's come up without the film. So there's nothing to show. So they had a quick old run around and it turned out that he had like a 30 minute behind the scenes thing that he'd shot. That was, it was going to go on the uh, Arrow special release of The Addiction. And he said, I'll show it. He said, don't, don't anybody talk about it because I'm not supposed to show it. The distributor, distributor will go a bit mental if they find out I've shown it beforehand. And he showed that film, it was about 25 minutes. And then he stood at the front and I'm video camera in hand. And he said, uh, I don't know whether anybody's interested in asking any questions about filmmaking, but if anybody's got any, I don't mind answering them. And then this thing carried on for an hour. And wow. he was he was fine with me filming it and I managed to get some pictures of me and Abel Ferrara together. But had I just decided, do you know what, Annette? It's fine. We won't go. I would never have met Abel Ferrara. And it was weird to me when I was um I was chatting to Annette, I'm like, I've just met Abel fucking Ferrara. That's this is nuts. And then probably about half an hour after that I bumped into Jake West, who's you know, Bob, you'll be familiar with his name. He's worked on stuff like Allies. And so he works with Dominic Burns a lot. He's done films in his own right, like Razorblade Smile and Evil Aliens and stuff like that. But I've met Jake a couple of times at various events. And 
I wandered over to him, I'm like, how you doing, Jake? And he went, I've just met Abel fucking Ferrara. I'm like, that, I knew that was his middle name. <laughs> so we were both like, oh my God, we've just met Abel Ferrara. So yeah, Newcastle Film Festival was crazy. To sit in a theatre and watch Get Carter on the, the last remaining 35 millimeter print, then managed to get my picture taken with Mike Hodges, who directed it in the same year that I was born. It was uh, everything went perfect at the Newcastle. We did walk past Jules, Hol- Jules Holland and not speak to him, but that's <laughs> I, I do uh, I do sort of ridicule Annette for that now and again because I'm like that was Jules Holland. She went where? And I'm like he just walked past us. Oh, I didn't see him. I'm like he ain't that small. You know he's not a tall guy, but I don't know how you could have missed him. <laughs> so he was there. So I'm gonna go for definitely those two events as uh, as my highlights. So Bob, what have you got for some of your highlights of 2018? Well, like I say, other than uh you know, kind of sci-fi whales, I'd probably say um, my other holiday that I had with my daughter up in Northumberland. Um, other than that, not a lot. The rest of it has been fairly normal. You know, business as, uh, business as usual. I've not had a your... major holiday away, so... What about your escape rooms? Because you've ventured into Ooh. those, no pun intended, you've ventured oh. into quite a few of those over the past few weeks. Indeed, indeed. Um Basically, it's a case of started doing those. So, yeah, those are a highlight. Uh, looking forward to one coming up in the new year, which is very, very loosely based around the Harry Potter kind of idea. So, yeah, got that one to look forward to. Um, and uh, then kind of do quite a few more, hopefully, next year, given the chance, depending on where I end up moving to. But that's another story. <laughs> so, I mean, your 2019's a bit up in the air, isn't it, Bob? Mm-hmm. Does yours feel that's the same way as well, Rob, to a certain extent? I mean, mine's... I might put mine up in the air on purpose. So it's like, if, if it's up in the air, it's because I choose to be, you know, be it work-wise or something. But um, No, not, not so much up in the air. Um, just hopefully better than this year. It's hard work, isn't it? I mean, do, do you not find, I do, where I get to this point of the year, so there's maybe, I mean, it was like two weeks left of the year, and everything yeah. shuts down. Oh, I don't need to watch any more films. Oh, I don't need to do any more, too much more <laughs> podcast homework. I don't really need to do that much. Um, or do you guys just go full belt until New Year's Eve? Um, I don't shut down... Um you know, everything the the days seem to be as normal. What happens is that kind of period uh, where you break up from the day job over Christmas, then usually um, end up trying to cram as much in as possible, and then find that you're completely knackered come uh, come the new year. Yeah. <laughs> Do you, what, what's your thoughts, Bob? Um, this sort of time of the year. It tends to be pretty much full on until kind of Christmas is out of the way. So, you know, kind of about this time on Boxing Day, I'll be able to relax. (laughs) Wow. That's my kind of thing. And then, you know, in theory, you know, I know I've got a lot on, like say, you know, with, you know, things that are coming up in personal life. But, um, but yeah, it's literally a case of the normal thing would be a case of, get the the family side of Christmas done. Uh, I don't need to be driving then, you know, so I can relax and have a drink. Uh, I can put my feet up and do things for me. So, yeah. And you're looking forward to that? Uh, yes. 
Yep. <laughs> have you got things in mind? Um, I have. Um, some of them I can't speak about. Yep. Because um, there's a non-disclosure agreement involved with it. Okay. Uh, Interesting. But, yeah, okay. <laughs> I think you could probably guess with that with something that I'd complained about earlier in the week. Um, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So I basically received a, an email. So yeah. <laughs> uh, so got that. Um, I don't know. It'll just be a case of, uh, like I say, just well, if I've not over this by then, putting my feet up and taking more lemsip and. <laughs> And whiskey. Pretty much. Yep. I think but, for uh, me, t- 2019, I need to start being a bit healthier, I think. Yeah, I've got which, the same thoughts. Which I have started over the past, well, <laughs> the past few couple of months or whatever with the monkey virus. So I invested in a couple of dumbbells. Uh, so I'm, I'm exercising a little bit more than I had been doing before. I'm, uh, I'm eating a little bit healthier than previous, although not. You know, I'm not living on lettuce or anything inside like that for a living, but uh, you know, I'm not binging on microwave meals and stuff anymore. Yep. So, free um, free reindeer food if you go to uh, McDonald's on Christmas Eve. Free what? What? Reindeer food. What was that? Bag of uh, sliced carrots for me. Oh, okay. That's you just okay. need to turn up and ask for your free reindeer food. Wow! Couldn't you just like? go to the shop and buy carrots because you could sure, do but, but that involves money yeah but isn't this designed to just you know make kids go in and go i want a big fat cheeseburger oh and i love me free carrots because that's healthy <laughs> yeah but but everybody knows that santa likes cheeseburgers so you've got to go and buy your cheeseburger for santa anyway so you may as well pick up your carrots for rudolph <laughs> definitely and you, bo- you both expecting uh, visitations by santa claus on christmas eve i should hope so yeah yeah You've not ended up on a naughty list or anything? Nah. Keep trying. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> Keep trying. It, Bob. Bob will get there one year. <laughs> so are you both looking forward to 2019? Obviously, Bob, you've got things where it's going to be up in the air, so it's not exactly easy to say. Uh, that. I am Probably. looking forward to it, uh, basically because it means closure on some things and moving forward. Yeah. So there you go. Good. What about you, you Rob? I am hoping that we kind of get together more often than kind of uh, the Sci-Fi Whales week. Yeah, so we should do at least once a quarter. And that's mm. at least. Yeah, definitely. In which case, then that would instantly raise 2019's profile over 2018. Well, I've already yeah, started looking out there on Valentine's Day. I'm sorry, Rob. I like you, but you need that with your missus. No. <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll just stay outside and watch. It's fine. So, <laughs> we'll end up on the naughty list somehow it's one way <laughs> but now I've started looking at the calendar dates for some of the events coming up in 2019 and there's a couple you know I've not uh, I've not memorised any just yet but I am starting to look at the events coming up and seeing Oops. if there's anybody off the project 2019 list that I'm going to harass <laughs> good luck look if I have to travel <laughs> the world fact, pe- yeah I might have to travel the job centres I think on my list <laughs> oh my god it's oh. crazy that'll be fun in games but so how have you um enjoyed i'll become rob again first how have you enjoyed the podcasts this year i've really enjoyed them obviously for me uh i got into the podcast as a great way to um kind of make a couple of hours of my week at work in the day job better 
just by kind of listening in and then find myself uh, here as one of the co-hosts. Um, so it's been a bit crazy. Um, I, I, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that I sound terrible. I always hate the sound of my own voice. So ever since appearing on the show, I haven't listened to it. Well, you don't need to though, because you've heard. Well, no, it I'm here. Once. I've heard it. <laughs> so it's like, I don't want to listen to it again. Um, <laughs> you I, don't I sound that bad. No. I suppose that that is one of the one of one of the bad points about being on the show, though. You don't get that kind of couple of hours of enjoyment of listening to it. So, um, thank you very much for using the word enjoyment. By the way, the check is in the mail, so it's fine. Yes, <laughs> much appreciated. Christmas but is paid for. There will be some extra shows, uh, certainly next year, maybe one or two before the end of the year, though. That that are guest shows, so. But definitely in 2019, there will be ones that you can listen to because you weren't on them type thing. So yeah. I'm, I'm planning on increasing the output, um, certainly with the guest shows, because what with monkey viruses and stuff, there hasn't really been. I think the last guest show we did was with Timon, I think, wasn't it, Bob? Yeah. Which was, that was a very good show, actually. That was ages ago. I couldn't even yeah. speak on that one for half the flipping hour because my recording thing was Shite. monkey. But it was uh, it's not good, but that was very interesting. I'm going to try and get him back on again. And I've got a few people lined up that are going to appear in the podcast. Yeah, if I just throw some out there, if you get Tennant on, David Tennant, that'd be quite good. Um, well, he does yeah. keep asking, but I'm just like, I'm just, I'm, I'm not a fan, Dave. You know, what? Come back when you've come back when you've done something. Oh. Yes. I'm not. What? What's he done? What's he He's done that anybody's been in? Good omens that are coming out next year. Well, you know, nobody's heard of that. It's like from some book or whatever, isn't it? Nobody's heard of that. And that doctor. Someone's thing. looking for a sound slapping. Is that doctor who played? It's a medical drama or something. Not interesting. Too little. That's the one. <laughs> hey, well, he does. I'm like, Dave, you're not coming on. You were in a Harry Potter film years ago. Nobody cares. Just when you've done a significant role, oh. give, us, give us a shout. <laughs> oh, you know, it's terrible, isn't it? Oh, I like it. So, what about you, Bob? Because this is nearly a year that you've completed. I mean, I know you've been on shows in previous years. You were on the very, very first podcast episode ever, way yep. back when. But this Showing is pretty head. much the longest run that you've done, and wow. it's near, near enough a year, give or take the odd episodes yeah. when you were you were out and you were sort of laid laid out. Um, and you watched four movies as well. He has. <laughs> so what we're going to do next week? We'll have Bob's top four, and it'll just Ooh. be every all the films he's watched. <laughs> Oh, Ready Player One, Han Solo. <laughs> Some, I could something with black. Rutger Hauer in it, and, and an Arnie film. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I've, I've enjoyed it. It's good. It's it gives you something to look forward to on a Sunday, kind of thing. You think, right? You know, <laughs> eight thirty till ten. You know, we're going to be doing the podcast. You know, I've got a little bit of homework or whatever. You kind of, yeah, you, know, you, you just. Chatting with you guys, like I said, nothing's set in stone, so you know I never know what's coming. Um, you guys definitely don't know what's coming. Uh, <laughs> this is where know. Bob's like, you could shove your show up your arse. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sick of the ridicule of not watching lots of films. I have a life, all right. <laughs> so yeah, I've, I've enjoyed it. Looking forward to uh, you know the rebadging and reworking for next year. There is the, the mm-hmm. geek house. I'm wondering how many people are going to get freaked out by that. Uh, because it's like oh, I've changed. It's not us. No, well, I don't these think people going. I, I never subscribed to this one. 
Well, that doesn't happen now and again because it's changed titles. I wish I had a list of all the titles it's gone through, but it's probably about four or five titles over the years. Because sometimes you go, do you know what? It's the movie show. I like that title, but it's very generic and there might be five or six movie shows on there, which I think, Rob, when you were looking through uh, yeah. Stitcher or Spreaker or whatever it was, you were like, there's several, which one is it? So then I attached the front page to screen names and the Facebook group seems to be taken off quite nicely. Yep. Um, so I thought, you know what, just geek house it. But I'm sure a few people will be like, oh, where's your podcast gone? No, no, it's still there. Listen to it. We're on it. We're still yeah. there. We haven't gone anywhere. It's just got a different name. It's got a yeah. slightly different name that will hopefully just make it a bit a bit easier. So from, um, from next year, we are the Waffle House. No, it's been the, it's been the Waffle House. Yeah. <laughs> General Waffle. It'll be the, the nice, the Geek House. So plain and simple. Everything else is going to stay the same. The website, the Twitter account, and all that sort of stuff. So, Like last year, we not last year, last week we did speak about um, how kind of we could see the podcast kind of changing and what things we'd like to see added. Yeah. Um, none of us did say it could become could come live from a Waffle House every week. That'd be expensive, though. Mm, but unless we were sponsored. By a Waffle House. Yeah, this week's episode is brought to you by Fortes of Flanded Now. Well, it'd kind of need now, to be, th- it'd need to be three Waffle Houses, wouldn't it? Because we'd <laughs> need one, well, two technically, because Bob and I could go to the same Waffle House. <laughs> <laughs> but there'd be a problem. I think travelling down to Glendidno every week may be a bit of an issue. Yeah, but it's a one-off special. I'm up for it. <laughs> oh, it's a one-off special. I will happily just eat waffles and talk about waffle. Yeah. Uh, not blue waffle. That's We don't condone that sort of stuff. Why, why don't we choose a charity for next year? We could do like kind of a 24-hour wa- waffle. Um, a waffle. Kind waffle. of marathon. Yeah. <laughs> Whilst you know doing the podcast. I once thought about podcasting for 24 hours. Uh, two years running, I've thought about doing that because uh, have you heard of Extra Life? Yes. Where have you heard of that, Rob? No. Extra Life. I think it's predominantly American, but British people do participate in it as as well. But it is where people play video games and live stream them for twenty four hours, and people yeah. donate. So you know, for example, if you're you're playing Lego games for twenty four hours, we'll just chuck in. Well, you know, five dollars an hour or something, and the money goes to I think it's children's hospitals, isn't it, Bob? Yeah, I think so. I think, like that. I, yeah, it I thought, well, to be a children's one. I thought, I don't want to play video games 24 hours. Annette would. She currently is downstairs playing Lego. Um, <laughs> but I, I would love to do a podcast for 24 hours, but I never quite got around to actually doing it because it sounds pretty bloody exhausting. But um, I did ponder it a couple of times. I've sort of 24 different episodes, but the one consistent would be me. So then every hour somebody else would come on and I'd just speak to somebody else. And I think it would be kind of fun, but... It I, I see. We're, we're, we're not invited for the whole 24 hours. No, I no, think, you would be. Uh, but I, I don't. think you'd have to take a rest. There's, there'd have to be at some point where kind of you or me would have to take over while he went and got food, you know, laid his head <laughs> down for a few hours, etc. Yeah. Just spat out these razor blades that would be uh, terrorizing my <laughs> voice box. Yes. But I'm also, I mean, so I mentioned that the one consistent would be me. I'm very conscious with the podcast in general about A, not giving you guys too much homework. And <laughs> also B, not putting too much work on yourself 
anyway so that's why I will make comments like oh it, well, I think it would just be me and I'll be doing extra episodes and stuff because I don't want to go yay Bob's going to be doing 10 extra episodes next month because I've got some guests for him because <laughs> he might be like what I don't want to do any more I'm happy Can doing you imagine, what I do though, Bob, how we could hijack it when he went to sleep mm. Yeah. You can anyway if you want to. You, you can take the uh, take the steering kick, wheel kick of the him episode off the chest. next year. Yeah, I'll be sleeping. I don't care. I'll be tired oh. and worn out. Now I've upgraded this whole thing now. So uh, while we do the twenty-four hour charity podcast, um, it should be. Uh, we, we we should rent somewhere. It should be a live studio studio audience. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah, a live studio audience, amazing. Hour audience. Well, I've done that. I've done that at Sci-Fi <laughs> Wales because effectively every single panel I do, yeah, has been a podcast. Certainly this year, they they really felt that they were just podcast episodes that just so happened to be in front of an audience. Yeah, but you weren't so. doing them for twenty-four hours. No, I was doing it for like eight hours. Hmm. So, I mean, Bob, you'd be terrible. You could. You, I just heard you go off doing your coffee fit there. So you you're so. not quite ready for that twenty-four hour thing yet. No, no. Not yet. Maybe next month. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to be looking into the live thing, though, that Rob mentioned. Uh, the competition thing, which will, yes. which will hopefully get up and running. and So all the things that we've mentioned that we'd quite like to do, um, they are on a nice little list. And they will hopefully get done. Mm-hmm. Which is good. So, Rob, have you watched anything at all since last week that isn't included in any homework? I have. Okay. What have you watched? Um, I've watched a couple of things. Um, the sad part about it is I can't remember one of them. <laughs> You've got my disease. <laughs> yes. Uh, so it was, it was obviously that good. Yes. Um, saying that, the uh, the beauty that is your mobile phone, I did remember I might have written them down, and I did. So I can tell you about them. Nice. So um, the one I couldn't remember was a film called Colony. Um, that I watched on Netflix. Um, anybody seen that? Seen that, Bob? No. Nope. No, doesn't ring a bell. No, basically, um, you imagine some kind of um, post-apocalyptic apocalyptic scene where um, kind of climate change and and uh, all that kind of stuff has driven people underground, and you basically have colonies. Um, throughout the world of people living um, colonies stay in touch by radio or or whatever means um, with other colonies and um, kind of one colony um, is trying to contact another they've lost touch so they send out a search party um, they, they go to um, the, the second colony and find that unfortunately there's one survivor and everyone else has been turned into some kind of um, animalistic creature, but still with with kind of uh, enough brains to be able to kind of work out these are people we want to kill. Uh, um, so it, it then turns into kind of a, a chase story back to their original colony. Um, so it, it's an okay film. I wouldn't go out your way to see it. Um, but if it, if it was on and there was nothing better then then yeah you know it can um, kind of keep you busy for a few hours okay um, the second film which I really enjoyed was The Hurt Locker yes did you finish that because I don't want to spot you you were part way through it I you? did I finished it and I thoroughly enjoyed it I thought it was a fantastic film 
a quick one on this one. Bob, have you watched The Hurt Locker yet? I, I haven't. I've got it, but I've not watched it. Brilliant. So when we talk about it, Rob, no spoilers, because this is one of yes. those that I've told Bob, I'm like, seriously, you got to watch Hurt Locker. Um, if, for me, I went through a period of um, many years ago of kind of watching um, films based on, on war, wartime films. Yeah. Um, so, um, you know, Thing where we we've glossed over things like um, the Thin Red Line, which was you know one of my all time favourites, um, and this definitely goes in that category. It is yeah. a really good film, um, well worth watching. And it's it pretty much it focuses on bomb disposal. Yeah, in it's the Iraq War, isn't it? It is. Is it? Yep. Uh, this is the work. This is where we first introduced Jeremy Renner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sure he'd been in a few bits and pieces before. But it is, it's kind of like, do you think, would you describe it sort of documentary style camera work? I mean, it's not shaky cam by any means, but it's not, you know, it's not Martin Scorsese, Stanley Kubrick sort of camera setup, is it? No, it is. It, it's very raw. Yeah, you can imagine like kind of, um, kind of one of the, uh, the army's kind of media um, kind of personnel there kind of documenting things. Yeah. And it's so. uh, directed by Catherine Bigelow. Who you'll yes. know Bob from Zero Dark Thirty, Point Break, Near Dark. So she knows what she's doing. And uh, she was up for the Oscar the same year as James Cameron was for Avatar. And I think she won, didn't she? So it's like, ha ha, because he's been married to each other. And she's <laughs> like, ha ha ha, you spent how much on your film? I spent this amount on my film and I won. Ha ha. But uh, no, Hurt Locker is very, very good. So I'm looking forward to when Bob watches that one. Yeah. So it is good. So, uh, and have you watched anything else, Rob? Uh, no, I think that was about it. Um, I did this evening start um, Harry Potter: The Prisoner of Azkaban. Okay. Um, but um, that's one that I'm watching uh, with my daughter, and um, kind of bedtime stopped it halfway through. So that'll be continued Aww. sometime this week. Because you're working your way through the series, aren't you? Started number yeah, one exactly. and number two a while back. So yeah, this is the next one. Good, good, good. Um, well, I've watched. Uh, I watched two today. I, I had the same sort of. What did I watch? I had to go downstairs before I went. And I, we watched two films today. What was that one we watched about four hours ago? Because I can't remember. She told me. I'm like, oh yeah, that was really good. That film. So we all get it. I think we're all a little bit mentally exhausted by the end of this year. I know I am. Uh, the two I've watched today. The first one I watched was I Tonya which was yep. the one I forgot, which is about Tonya Harding. It's a very sort of loosely uh, biopic-type film. Margot Robbie plays Tonya Harding, who is a very famous ice skater, which I remember the story. Bob, you probably remember the story yep. from uh, from the Olympics or whatever it was, where she was involved in beating the shit out of one of her um, colleagues, not colleagues, but what do you call them? Competitors. Um, what's she called? Nancy Kerrigan. And this sort of it's it's not your standard biopic thing. It's very sort of quirkily shot. Alison Janney from she's CJ from the West Wing. She plays Tonya Harding's mum. She got an Oscar award for this, and my God, did she deserve it? She's such a nasty old bitch. <laughs> she's amazing. <laughs> she's just really mean. She's that stereotypical, really nasty mother who just keeps bullying her kid. And it's weird. By the end of it, you kind of feel sorry for Tonya Harding. And it's it how accurate the film is, I do not know. But it's it was enjoyable. It was a good film. We then thought, well, let's watch another film. So we watched Deadpool 2. 
Ooh. Which you've, you've seen that one, haven't you, Bob? Yeah, I loved it. Really? Oh, God. Yeah. No, we hated it. We what? were like, we watched it. We were like, by the end of it. Um, Annette said, what, what did you think? I said, well, I said, do you know the best thing about that film? And we both liked the first one. The first one we thought was hysterical. Is because I watched Deadpool 2, I don't have to adjust my top 10 films of the year list, which is quite <laughs> good because it's not going on it. Um, it's, I don't know what I, what was... What I didn't like about it, there was a lot of funny moments in it. I thought the film itself looked yeah. great, but I had no interest in anything. The best thing for me was Josh Brolin as Cable. His character was great. Uh, Ryan Reynolds was all right, but I've seen that sort of humour before in the first Deadpool, so it wasn't. There was no shock value yeah. to it. I just the film just felt. I don't know. It was just we were not impressed at all. But uh, which was a shame because we were both really, really looking forward to watching it. But no, just didn't do anything for us whatsoever. Um, it was a slightly longer version we watched as well. I think this one clocked in at two hours fourteen. So the theatrical one, I think, was a little bit shorter than that. But there is yeah. a slightly director's cut type thing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we weren't weren't blown away with old Deadpool two, which no. was a shame. There is some end credit sequence stuff. Yes. Which that is the funniest. If the whole film was kind of like that, it would have worked. There's, there's bits with Hugh Jackman in there that they've done very clever editing, and it was, uh, it was that was quite good. <clears throat> but the film itself, we were not unfortunately not blown away with. Um, yesterday we watched a film called Tully, which if you've not heard without heard of that one, I would definitely put that on your list. It's Charlize Theron, who is amazing in pretty much any film she does. She has uh, she's due to give birth to her third child, I think. Her second child has got uh, Asperger's syndrome, so he's obviously a handful. Um, the younger daughter's a bit of a moody little git, so she's definitely a put-upon wife. Yeah. She's struggling. She's got a very busy workload. You can see the poor woman getting exhausted. Her husband's a waste of space because he gets home from work and he's just like, I'm just going to put my headset on, play video games now, and you're looking after the kids type thing. So he's a fat lot of use. And her brother basically... Um, pays for a night nanny to visit and just uh, I never even knew night nannies were a thing but apparently show up in the middle of the night and look after the baby and you know the mother could get some rest and stuff and it's it is a drama but it's very very good so I would highly recommend Tully mm. and the other one we watched was called Leave No Trace which stars a guy called Ben Foster which it was bugging me for a while I'm like I know that guy oh yeah 13 years ago he was in Six Feet Under that's where ah. I remember him from he is a guy suffering from PTSD after uh, military service, and him and his daughter, who she's about 13, 14, they just live in the woods. Yeah. And the social services keep trying to get them and go, Oi, you can't live in the woods. They're like, Why can we not live in the woods? Because you can't. Go live in this house, and then you run away again and go live in the woods. <laughs> so that was sort of an indie drama, but that was quite good. But for me, the film of the week is Tully with yeah. Charlize Theron. Mm. so I would highly recommend that I'm trying to mop up some of the big films that have come out this year that I haven't seen so I've got things like Hereditary, uh, Crazy Rich Asians um, The Equalizer 2 so the next few days for me will be right let's cram in as many of these big films as possible because yeah. it might make an impact to my top films of the year it might not mm. but uh, unfortunately Deadpool 2 is not going to make a dint <laughs> so Bob have you managed to get anything viewed other than homework yeah right so how did we do on the homework I, I, in fact should i should have dropped rob in it and say he'd never heard of rock hour yeah please do 
He'd never heard of Rock Gower, Bob. I know. Is that the sound of shock? <laughs> I'm totally <laughs> flabbergasted. <laughs> My flabber has never been so gasted. <laughs> I think, though, to be fair, it's like there are a few actors where you go, I don't, I've never heard of them. But then when you go, it's that guy, it's this guy, it's this guy. You go, oh, yeah, that's him. You just don't necessarily put the name with... <laughs> With um, with Fair the there's a British actor called Stephen Graham, who I was never familiar with his name. But then when I saw a picture of him, like, oh yeah, I've got loads of films. Seen him in loads so of things. Yeah. Seen him in tons. Know yeah. exactly who he is, but I'd never put the name. So yeah. I, will, I will throw Rob a bit of a rope and go. That's probably what it was. Because <laughs> so I'm guessing you'd seen Blade Runner. I had. So, yep. Um But kind of. Um. I definitely found this this week's homework the hardest um, that I've had. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, interesting to see what you've come up with. Yeah, unfortunately, um, kind of Netflix and then wasn't much help with me this this week. Yeah, um, and I think that the problem is when you say the homework is Arnold Schwarzenegger or the homework is Sylvester Stallone. Um, if you are familiar with the person, which you know, ninety nine point nine percent of people are with with actors like uh, Stallone and Schwarzenegger, then it's very easy to say, "I like this film, I like that film," and you know what to expect from the film, or you know that that's definitely a film featuring mostly them. It's not something they've played a cameo in. Yeah. When you haven't heard of the actor, and you then go to Netflix and and type in a name and you get presented with some films, you've got no idea if this guy is going to be in there for a minute or if he's going to be one of the main stars. Yeah. Um, so that's what I was up against this week. And I think a lot with Rutger Harris, one of those actors, and there are a lot of them, where usually their credit is and Rutger Hauer or mm, yeah. and such and such. He's, I mean, he has done a lot of his starring roles, so he has headlined a lot of movies. But generally nowadays, he's the and person. So when you put the name in, it comes up on, on Netflix and you go, oh, right, it doesn't mention their name there. If you watch the credits, it's like, and Rutger Hauer, you're like, okay, fair yeah. enough. So, I mean, how did you find this homework, Bob? You probably, you're probably similar to me. In fact, I would probably say you're more familiar with Rutger Hauer than I am. Well, I'm older um, than both of you. <laughs> because, well, I think when you were, I mean, the, the, a lot of the films that Rutger starred in, I'd forgotten that he'd started in them. So when yeah. I've been speaking to you about them, you'll, you know, you'll mention a few films and be like, oh yeah, I'd forgotten about that one. And they came out while I was working at the video store. So, yeah. you know, can't use ages in a def- as a defense on that one. Uh, so there you go. See, I can actually claim you're both ignorant. Uh, yeah, yeah, pretty much. So I'm going to let you take the lead on the Rutger Hauer section, Bob. So how how should how do you want to steer this so you can be the boss of the the Rutger? Right. Well, I mean, I'm, I know what I've watched for him and what have you. Um, I've chatted this over with several people at work who, okay, are normally of a similar age to me, so they've got similar kind of things, and you know, they could they were coming up with many suggestions. So I'll throw this one open. I'll take the lead. Um, I know what I've watched, but Stuart, how did you do with Rutger Hauer? I, I was hoping I would do better than I did because a lot of the films that my brain instantly wanted to rewatch, I don't actually have. So mm. it's uh, split second 
which yeah. is a great film. A British film, would you class it as? I mean, it was shot yes. in Britain, and the yep. cast is predominantly British. Great film, set in a... It's not necessarily post-apocalyptic, is it? It's post-London-has-flooded-itself sort of world. <laughs> yeah, kind of about five years from now, you know, Donald Trump has done his best on global warming, you know. <laughs> <laughs> There's rats everywhere. You've got Ian Jury in there with a Rottweiler and... Uh, one of Taggart's old partners is yes. Dr. Howard's partner and it's, that is a wonderful film but I don't have it so I couldn't watch that one I would also love to have rewatched Wedlock which is yeah. one of the other films that features the, the running man exploding head collars uh, yeah. I think Wedlock did it first I think I remember early enough but maybe not and um, that's something to do with diamond robberies and and Rutger Hauer gets caught and framed, and he has his collar attached to him, and if these collars go a separate distance apart from each other, the head blows up. I remember that film. I love that film. I yep. haven't got that film. Um, Nighthawks I had at one point, but that's disappeared, <laughs> so I don't know where that's gone, so I haven't got that one. Uh, the Salute of the Jugger, I thought, ooh, maybe go for that one, which is a bit Mad Maxi. Yep. Again, I don't have that one. I didn't want to go for the obvious choice of Blade Runner because that and The Hitcher I think are the main two Rutger Hauer films yeah. that, that my instinct went to but I ended up going for a 3 hour 34 minute making of Blade Runner called Dangerous Days <laughs> Ooh. which does feature Rutger Hauer so that is my sort of you know there you go uh, it is one of the best making of I mean obviously it's extensive it's like 3 hours and 34 minutes it goes yeah. through everything from the early days when Dustin Hoffman was nearly Rick Deckard. Wow. Um, and it just didn't quite work out. They thought, no, it's not going to work out. Then Harrison Ford came on board. It shows all the old auditions from um, from the actresses who were going to play the role of Rachel, but then that went yeah. to Sean Young. Sean Young was not really wanted that much uh, at the beginning, but then you know, she nailed the role. It documents the whole first meeting with Rutger Hauer and Ridley Scott, where they were sitting in a restaurant and in walks Rutger Hauer, dressed like some sort of 80s pop star, and Ridley's like, there's no way this guy's going to be able to play this role. But then by the end of the meeting, it's like, this guy is perfect for yeah. the role. So there's a lot of Rutger in this, but for, for sort of a, an in-depth look at Blade Runner, it's fantastic. I mean, Dangerous Days was the original title of Blade Runner as well at one point. I mean, obviously the yeah. book is Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep? The yep. script was written. It goes through all the different... Uh, it goes through everything. It's such a good making of documentary, but it's hefty at uh, over 200 minutes. So that's the one I went for. So mm -hmm. A little bit left of center, but it kind of works. <laughs> definitely, definitely. What about you, Rob? What did you end up going for? Well, for me, um, obviously, looking through IMDb, um, I the instant one was, well, let's rewatch Blade Runner, but no access to it, so um, that was out. Um, looking through kind of movies I I hadn't heard of before, but just kind of that tickled my fancy. I thought, oh, hobo with a shotgun. Now, mm. um, <laughs> again didn't have access to it so that oh, went out the window great film i absolutely love that movie um it, it definitely stood out in the list of things it's uh, great yep. and um 
in the end, I had to go to a movie which I did have access to. I am not a fan of it. <laughs> oh. Um, but it was it was either that or something that I had absolutely never heard of and kind of, um, you know, didn't know kind of how much of a part he would play into it. Because I did watch um, probably 15, 20 minutes of 24 hours to live um, on Netflix. Um, so what I went, uh, I went with in the end is Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the 1992 oh, movie. Good choice. Kirsty Swanson, Christy Swanson, yes. whatever. Yes. Um, so kind of back in the good old days, you got um, kind of Luke Perry in there playing kind of the love <laughs> interest vampire. Um, you got um, kind of Rutger Hauer who's playing um, Lothos as the main kind of evil vampire boss kind of thing, running things. Um, so, so yeah, I, I kind of revisited... Um, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. It hasn't got any better. No, nope. I must say. <laughs> um, and when you actually watch it now, um, kind of having lived through the Joss Whedon series, um, you long to see Sarah Michelle Gellar and kind of the um, the other cast in in the actual series yeah. rather than the movie. Um, but it was a film that I knew. It was a film that I knew Rutger Hauer starred in and actually played. You know. Uh, a, a decent role in there that, that it wasn't just kind of 30 seconds of screen time so it, it's what I ended up with Nice, I'd forgotten about that film because that was also Joss Whedon though, wasn't it? This is before yes. he got the TV off the Well it wasn't, it wasn't he he kind of written um, kind of the script and then wasn't happy with what was done with it um, so um, there, there has been kind of did, rumors did start to circulate probably oh, ten years ago now that another movie was going to be rewritten, um, but it, it never emerged. Um, so yeah. But aren't we getting another TV version of Buffy though? We are indeed. Um, it's um, it was the one I think it was San Diego Comic Con where um, Joss said that kind of a Buffy reboot was in the works with um, and it was going to be um, star um, a um, a black Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah. Ooh. Which I remember hearing that and I remember getting annoyed, going, "Why do you need to mention her skin color?" <laughs> but yeah, it's they it, do. This is like the trend with things, and they go, "Oh, we're going to recast that with women, with men." Well, yeah. So what? Just yeah. I don't. Just give me the story. I don't care what the skin color is. I, I think that that's my, my my problem with the reboot. When when you look at it, I've got no problem with you having kind of uh, a powerful black woman, and um, I probably agree that you know we need more kind of um, kind of black leading ladies. However, why kind of erase what has come before it when? when we left Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the, the, the series, um, many Slayers had been awoken and it yeah. could quite happily have been passed over to a new Slayer. Yep. You know, if, in fact, in Buffy itself, we had Kendra the Vampire Slayer at one point. Um, so, I, I don't... Again, when, when, when it's such an iconic show, um, that there is so much uh, criticism to be had from going, right, we're going to reboot it. Oh, you know, just just make something complimentary. 
Exactly. Make something that do do like they did with the the Sarah Connor Chronicles, where it's kind of a reboot, but it's also kind of it fits into the world as well because there exactly. were a lot of mentions in the Sarah Connor Chronicles that made it fit into the other Terminator films, mm-hmm. even though the casting was different. So you kind of figured it was a reboot. It kind of worked either way. So make your own mind up. Yeah. So maybe do that with Buffy. But so yeah, Buffy the Vampire Slayer featuring Rutger Hauer. Mm. So Bob, what did you uh, what did you do? Well, like I say, I, I'll throw things in here first before I get to what I have watched. Yeah. Because like I say, there was so much. You know, it, it was my choice to do Rutger. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I say, there's so much that he's been in that I've really liked. I mean, more recently he's been in like the Batman stuff. I say that yeah. more recently, but yeah. But I mean, before that, um, going back to playing vampires again, Salem's Lot, the TV series. Yes. So you know, the yeah. rework. So that was mm-hmm. very good. Um, another one that he was in before that, he was uh, in Alias. Which oh God, yeah, he was, wasn't my he? My ex-missus really liked. Well, Ooh. Annette has just finished season four yeah. of Alias. So well, I say that she's just finished season four, brother and sister. She binge watched that in three days because she's been ill. But before that, she finished off Alias. But yeah, I remember yeah. Rucker. And he's a perfect fit for that sort of world, isn't he? Yeah. Um, Tenth Kingdom. He was in that another TV miniseries. Not Don't anyone no. watch that? Uh, another one that I was watching a while ago. Again, showing my age. Um, going back a bit further, you've got. Uh, he, he, he tended to be cast because of his looks as um, very Germanic, should we say. So yeah. there was a, a TV movie called Fatherland where he was uh, quite Oh, married. God, yeah. That was amazing. That, that was, uh, was that the one where it was, this is what would have happened if Germany would have won the war? Um, um, I, th- I think it, it is. It is. It's basically a case of it goes on to like, it's, I think it's set in the 60s, isn't it? I believe so, yeah. Yeah. Um, but it, yeah, he's really basically good. more than 20 years after the Nazis won World War II. Yeah. And he's uh, an SS uh, Sturmbannführer. That's such so, yeah. a good movie, that. Yeah. Um, again, going back further, like say you hit Buffy, um, you've got Wedlock, which you've already mentioned. Salute of the Jugger. Again, yep. Yep, you mentioned that. Uh, one that I thought you were going to go for, because you'd skipped over it, was Blind Fury. I would, you were just going down that list, and I'm like, I can't believe that that one hasn't been mentioned, but yeah. that is a great film. Yep. Um, a blind Samurai Fighter. Amazing. Yep. <laughs> Got some classic kind of you know, lines in it, where he's basically, he's, he's, he's blind and he's driving a van uh, through need rather than desire. And, uh, you know, someone basically is kind of honking his horn in this case of, you know, you blind or something? And he basically shouts out, yeah, what's your excuse? <laughs> it's great. What's so, the old yeah. one? Is he puts a sword to somebody else. He's like, I also do circumcisions. That's it, yeah. <laughs> so some good ones there. Um, another good TV movie that uh, you want to mention it, Stuart will probably go, oh, yeah, Escape from Sobibor. Yep, great film. Really, yep. real three-hour World War Two epic. Just think, kind of great escape. Yeah. But and you know, escape from Sobibor's true story as well, isn't it? Yeah, the death camp of Treblinka. Very, very good. Yep. Um, again, going back further than that, uh, one that I was very tempted to do, just for the simple reason that um, he basically blows uh, a guy's head off with a hand grenade. He's <laughs> wanted dead or alive. 
Oh, I've uh, seen that for years. Yep. Gene Simmons from the group Kiss plays a, a kind of terrorist leader. And basically, <laughs> Rutger Hauer's character leads him in with a, uh, basically a hand grenade taped in his mouth at the end. This is a bit of a spoiler, sorry. Uh, basically leading him by the pin. Wow. Uh, basically, kind of you know, the bounty hunter guy goes, okay, yeah, you know, and that's so much money for him. Yeah. <laughs> says, and he basically goes, oh, fuck it, dead, and pulls the pin. <laughs> Great uh, film. Yep. The Hitcher, of course, we mentioned. Flesh Classic. and Blood. Yeah, I don't think I've seen that one. Uh, yeah, set very kind of um, Middle Ages type thing. Um, but uh, one that I, I'm amazed that... Uh, if, if, if I'd known that Rob wasn't... It basically didn't know what to watch for this, one that I would have hi- highlighted for him, because I know he'd love, is Lady Hawk. Yeah. Uh, really this does. is one to watch with your kid. Ooh. Yeah. Um, check it out. It's basically a case of um, set back in kind of fantasy times and what have you. Um, basically, Rutger plays a, a knight that it's basically a case of during the day, he's there as this big guy, black armor and all this big black charger. Um, the main character is Matthew Broderick who plays a little thief. Um, but basically the story goes that um, Rutger's character, Captain Navarre, who's this knight, during the day, he's basically a human form. At night, he's cursed to turn into a wolf. <laughs> now, the love of his life during the day is a hawk, and at night, she turns into a woman. Okay. And he's played by Michelle Pfeiffer. Yep. And um, they sort of do, do obviously don't see each other, do they? Because yeah, they, they transition need, to the opposite you know, species. You literally get the, the kind of very touching moment at like dusk and dawn where they're almost reaching out to each other and then, you know, that's it. But yeah, it, it's all kind of to do with, um, you know, kind of that and lifting the curse. So uh, highly, highly recommended for you. Ooh. Definitely. And it's Richard Donner who then went on to do the Goonies yes. and stuff like that. So it's definitely well-directed as well. Yep. Uh, prior to that, Osterman Weekend, another well-known one. Mm-hmm. Then, of course, we've touched on Blade Runner and Nighthawks. But the one that, uh, I mean, Stuart knows that I'd have gone for this one, is Split Second. Yeah. I love this film. It's great. Uh, it's so funny. Yeah. Uh, Even though it's not a comedy, is it? It's just uh, it's no. the wit. The, the yeah. witty comments are amazing. Don't watch it with your kids. No, no, no. no. <laughs> the language is rather choice, <laughs> but do watch it. Um, yeah, like I say, uh, the story goes that it's you know I wouldn't say post-apocalyptic, but as Stuart said, post kind of global warming. London's flooded. Um, yeah, there's basically six inches of water everywhere. Lots of the underground railway stations are flooded. Um, And it's basically a case of he's a cop and several years ago, his partner disappeared and he's been haunted by this. So he's gone from like a pretty straight up guy to living on caffeine and sugar and stress. Mm -hmm. And basically um, his superiors land him with um, a rather straight sidekick, basically played by the guy from Taggart. And uh, they basically try and get to the bottom of what's going on. 
and uh, it's the anniversary of the disappearance of his partner's uh, of his partner. So I'm saying nothing more than that, but it's definitely worth watching. It's definitely funny. I mean, there's a scene in it where it's like, you know, Rutger Hauer's character does not want a partner. And we've seen those films before. He's like, no, I work alone. Because he basically, it's a crumpy old gay. He's not happy, yeah. he's angry, and he's fed up. So he, um, he, he takes the, the car keys from his partner, just like chucks them in this flooded water. He's like, Street. here you go. And then just drives off. Uh, he has an argument with a Rottweiler. Yeah, um, it's it is it's it's very very easy to watch, and it was in this sort of spate of movie making where things like Species came out. So, you know, all these yeah. films came out with yeah. like let's alien have cops person. hunting yeah. an alien, let's have such and such, and let's put an alien in it. And you had like old Stan Winston and all that sort of stuff just churning aliens out left, right, center for all these type of movies that yeah. mimic and all that sort of stuff. A split second came out, so in that whole batch, but it it has its own uniqueness by the fact it's set in London. You know, yep. you've got Rutger Hauer paired up with somebody who was in Taggart and Ian Jury and, and all these sort of weird things going on. But it's, Michael uh, J. It Pollard, is... Alan Armstrong, Pete Postlethwaite. Yes. And of course, Great. you know, kind of the female lead is Kim Cattrall. Is it really? Okay. Yes. Wow, I haven't seen that film for like 20 years. But it's, uh, yeah, it's great. It's good. Yes. So did you enjoy delving back into the Split second. I know you've watched it probably quite a few times over the years. Yeah, again, it's one of my go-to's. You know, I like the film, so yeah, I've really enjoyed it. Uh, you know, I could have gone for so many different ones. You know, for Rutger, I mean, an honourable mention has got to be at the height of his career in Britain. He did a load of adverts for Guinness. And he did. If you, yep. you know, if you've not seen those, look them up on YouTube. <laughs> they're as weird as hell, but they're so Rutger Hauer. They are kind of weird. They're weirder now than they were. Yes. <laughs> because when they were first on TV, you'd go, well, that's kind of weird, but that was Rutger Hauer. Oh, I quite like that. Now you'd watch it and you go, what is he even talking about? That makes no sense. Why is the dolphins in it? I don't. How's this advertising get us? You'd get kind of annoyed at them. <laughs> but, you know, back in the 80s or whatever, they were just kind of weird and cool. And it's like, it's yeah, hard. I know, I know it emits him from. It's, it's hard being a dolphin or whatever. It was yeah. One of them, wasn't it? It's like, yeah. what? How, and the other one was, that... here at the University of Life, we teach different syllabus. <laughs> yeah, does that make you want to go out and buy a Guinness? I don't know. But just for me. Drink, <laughs> he just drinks Guinness, and then people, you know, the, the sales go up. So it's kind of odd. Yeah. But um, So if you met Rutger Hauer, uh, I'll go for Rob first. If you met him, what film or what question would you ask him? Is there a specific one? Or would you just go, just let me have a picture? Because I now know who you are. Yeah, if, <laughs> if you could sign a few things for my mate Stuart and, <laughs> yeah. and Bob, that'd be great. You know, How would you spell uh, Stuart? That's R-O-B. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, or, or is he one of these where it'd be kind of cool to meet him, but you know, he's not really on your yeah, priority I, list? I don't know if um, kind of because of my age, I miss kind of the best years of Rutger Hauer or um, he's, you know, he's, he's, he's just, you know, until I actually kind of sit down and watch some more of his movies and, and kind of see obviously these gems that are, are out there, he's probably um, just going to kind of fall by the wayside for me, unfortunately. What about you, Bob? What would you, what film would you go for? I'd want to know what his favorite was. Because, I mean, he's had so many iconic roles of a lot of different ways. You know, 
I mean, his character in, like you say, character in Hitcher was similar in some ways, I suppose, to, you know, kind of the one in, uh, you know, um, kind of Nighthawks even, or, you know, like you say, um, you know, Blade Runner. But you get, like, his characters in, like you say, Blind Fury or, you know, Split Second or Buffy. And, you know, he's played some very, you know, kind of very noble characters, you know, Navarre in uh, Lady Hawk, etc. Uh, he's played some pretty down and nasty ones. You know, he's, I don't know, I'd just like to kind of see which ones he preferred. I'd love to kind of find out what his favorite roles were, even if they're ones I've not seen. You know. I mean, Rob, Rob mentioned maybe he missed out on the best years of Rutger Hauer's career. What do you, you're the resident Rutger Hauer expert now, what do you think are his best years? I think for me, late 80s to mid 90s, where you had your split second, wedlocks, salute, salute of the joggers, all that sort of stuff. I think that is probably well, I mean, my favorite Rutger Hauer years. I know he was known kind of overseas in foreign films beforehand, but the first one I ever saw him, you know, that I know he was in was Nighthawks, you know, 1981. Uh, you know, then he kind of made virtually straight after that, uh, you know, you've got the Blade Runner in 82. Um, so those were basically the ones that to me really launched his career. Um, but like you say, it's a case of, he's had quiet moments. So yeah, I'd probably say, you know, kind of eighties through to mid nineties. Definitely. Yeah. You know, and then he kind of, he had a quiet moment. You know, he's come back then as, you know, supporting characters more than leads. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I, th- but I think all in all, we're a fan. Oh, definitely. We're a, we're a fan of the old rocker. I'd love to. He's one I'd love to spend time with and just chat to and see. He's yeah. probably one of those, and he has popped up at the London Comic Cons. So mm. he is. Uh, he Ooh. does pop up now and again. I know William ah. Shatner changing name ever so slightly, but he's appearing at one of the Comic Cons next year Ooh. in London. So we may get a chance to meet Denny Crane at some point. Oh, definitely. Uh, we shall see. But uh, no, Rutger is one of those. I think I'd probably go for Hitcher. I think everybody would go for Blade Runner. I think a lot of people would probably go for Hitcher as well. But I think for me, Hitcher and uh, Split Second yeah. would be the ones. But I would probably go down the route that you said, Bob, and go, let's talk about what you want to talk about, Rutger, which yeah. is pretty much what I do with most people that I meet. I'm like, right, what do you want to talk about that nobody else mentions? Tell well, me. I mean, this is it. It's time. a case of you know what your favorite films that you've seen with these people are. Yeah, you know, it's nice to find out which ones they really enjoyed doing. Yeah, you know, it's a case of okay, what are your best memories? You know, which ones were you? Which one was your favorite role to take? You know, and why? Because well, you've got mm. pretty much any actor who may have done a hundred different credits, and everybody will go back to Blade Runner, yeah, Witcher, Chris Nolan Dark Knight trilogy. Nothing, and you're like, well, let's talk about the other ninety-five or whatever it yeah. is. I mean, it's like you mentioned last week on the the Arnie ones. His favourite one was, um, you know, the uh, was it kindergarten, kindergarten cop. Yeah. So, you know, how many people would have guessed that? Oh, not many. I would like to sort of um, give kudos to Rob as well for his choice, because I put the TV on today in between movies, and Jingle All the Way was on. <laughs> so I sat down and watched that for about half an hour, and, and I then you gave up on it. <laughs> no, no, it was just because we like, well, we're gonna 
we're going to watch Deadpool two now. So you know, you know, when you switch a, a yeah. DVD off and there's a film on underneath it, type thing, it was that. So I got to see the put that cookie down line and uh, put the, the cookie the, down. The, the cameo <laughs> with James with Jim Belushi in there when he was the Santa Claus and he got the broken Turbo Man doll and so I sat and watched it and I enjoyed it. It was, it was a good fun film. The lechy neighbour that keeps trying to cop off with Arnie's wife. Crazy. <laughs> Um, so no, I enjoyed it. It was good. So it was on TV today. So that made me think of Rob. I'm like, hey, he will be so chuffed <laughs> if he knows I'm sat here watching his favourite Arnie film. I would. You should have told me it was on. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know what channel it was on. It's like ITV something or other. But uh, it was good. So it's very Christmassy. Ah. So I have managed to dig up the Chris Pine um, quiz. Ooh. Because so, you guys are neck and neck, aren't you? On quizzes? We are. <laughs> so we've had let's see who we've had we've had Michael Mann which was good and then we had Michael Bay and then we've eventually got round to Tony Scott which was alright <laughs> and now this will be the decider so this decides who gets the invisible trophy yeah. because I don't know whether the quiz will carry on till next year <laughs> it may well do I, but I'm, I'm keeping it open by it may not return who knows because we'll yeah. see how the Geek House um, fares and what, what difference things are Yes. So, um, an easy one, the Star Trek, the 2009, so this is the first reboot. Rob, have you seen that one? Yes, I have. Bob? Of course I have. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and I uh, think it was, was to be expected. On that one. Yeah. Just to upset you, this is not loaded with Star Trek movies, by the way. I purposely good, good. avoided good. that. The next one we have is Wonder Woman. Rob? I have. And I know Bob was, because we watched it together, didn't we? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> there you go, two for two. This is the next one. It's a curveball. This is a film I haven't seen. So if I was joining in this quiz, I'd be like, I ain't seen it. Rise of the Guardians. This is the animated thing about owls, I believe. Rob? No, unfortunately not. Uh-oh. Bob? No, I've got to pass on that one too. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> Still I think I might have seen clips, but I can't claim to have seen it all. So, yep. Uh, the next one is, I don't know how many times this series has been rebooted or whatever, but this is Jack Ryan Shadow Recruit. So we've got Chris Pine as Jack Ryan, the sort of CIA spy. Bob, have you seen Jack Ryan Shadow Recruit? Sadly, I've only seen clips. I've never sat down and watched oh. it all. Rob? Yes, I've seen it. <laughs> yes. it. This all comes down to the final film. Which is, it's by one of my favourite filmmakers, who is very sadly missed, uh, directed by Mr. Tony Scott. It involves a train that just will not stop. Bob, have you seen the film Unstoppable? I haven't, no. (gasps) Rob, have you seen the film Unstoppable? Just one second, let me click on it and just check. Yes. (laughs) It's also starring Denzel (laughs) Washington. I I, I watched it a few weeks ago. Wow. Well, it wouldn't have mattered even if you hadn't seen it, because you would have beaten yep, Bob anyway. But I hereby I declare Rob. I actually Rob think uh, Unstoppable <laughs> is quite a good film as well. Unstoppable is a great film. It's wonderful. I had to end it on a Tony Scott film, because I'm mm. a big fan yeah. of his work anyway. But yeah, so Rob, you win. You are crowned the, hey. the, the king of fives. <laughs> Fantastic. And Not if we were continuing, I know who I'd choose uh, if I got to choose somebody. Well, we shall see. You know, we'll <laughs> see how the format. Because um, I'll probably have conversations with you guys between 
you know, now in the, the new year type thing and go, what about this? What about that? So if the quiz does return, which I'm okay to, I think it's yeah. a, a fun bit, um, then we shall uh, we shall work out who to choose. I think we should continue. Yeah. I think we should continue. It's a bit of fun. It's very easy to do. I So about 8 o'clock tonight, I'm like, oh, shit, didn't put the Chris Pine list together. <laughs> right, let me, let me bring up IMDb and uh, not put too many Star Trek films in there. Because it would have been too easy, wouldn't it, to go oh, yeah. Star Trek, Star Trek one, 1, 2, and 3. <laughs> Where's the point? I'm just wasting sort of three choices and stuff on that. So are you guys looking forward to the end of the year show next week? Can you remember what the categories are? They're basically whatever categories you choose. Um, so it it can be whatever because I don't want to make it too much homework for you so I've got my own categories Stu Miller will probably bring his because we'll be joined by Mr Miller Um, and you gentlemen can bring can we throw some categories in just to throw Mr Miller off yeah of course you can Yep. and if there's any categories that you want to let me know uh, I mean I'm not sort of giving Stu any homework to do so he will literally just show up and as far as I know, he'll just bring his top films and his worst films, and that's it. But if you guys want to come up with some categories, just send me a text, whatever you can do throughout the week, and say, I want to do a top five, whatever it is. Let me Sounds know, and then I'll, I'll, mm. then I'll do a little bit of homework. Yeah. But the only ones I would ask you guys to do is your favorite films that you've seen this year, and yep. if you can do your favorite performances. Um, some of mine are also my favorite new television shows. So mm-hmm. ones that, that started this year that I'd never seen before. Mm-hmm. My favourite existing TV shows. So, for example, I could put Game of Thrones season, whatever, if I felt that that was one of the better TV shows. I've got Best Book in yeah. there. I've got Best Musical Score, which I haven't picked a winner on yet. Uh, I have got the Best Book. I know who's won that one. I've got Best Director. I've got Best Screen Performance, Best uh, Films that I've seen. Um, I nearly had best video game, but to be honest, I've only played about two this year, so it'd be kind of stupid. <laughs> so I, I've personally left that one off because I haven't played much. Can I throw so, one in? Yeah, of course you can. I'm going to go very kind of, you know, kind of typical awards ceremony type category. Yeah. I want to throw a category in there of lifetime achievement. Okay. So now how would it, you sort of sum, summarize that one up then? Well, it's basically someone that you want to recognize. Doesn't mean, mean that they've done anything at all this year, but it's someone in the industry, whether it's a director, a star, a producer, a writer, you know, wherever in the industry, it's someone in the industry that you know of that you want to recognize. Okay. Yep, I've written that down. I'm all right for that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You okay with that, Rob? I'm fine. Yeah, you know, cool. Like I say, film, television doesn't matter. Just basically, you know, if you want to go with Gene Roddenberry, you know, for Star Trek, go with him. You know, it's because there you go, lifetime achievement, special you know, recognition, blah blah blah. You know, anything like that. Just mm. literally, it's I'm opening it up. It's a lifetime achievement. Okay. It's anything off the top of your head, Rob? That you not to do with that category, but any categories where you, where you're sort of thinking, do you know what, I might kind of. Put one of them in. No, not at the moment. I'll uh, I'll definitely have a think notice uh, this following week and uh, see what I'll come up with. Fantastic. And what I'll do is I'll probably put a little bit of a list together of the categories in the Geek House Facebook group mm-hmm. um, in the next couple of days. 
so that people can interact and people can maybe give their choices and and whatnot. I'm not going to put what films are in there or who's won the awards because that don't you know I'll announce those on the next Sunday show or whatever. But I think it would be fair to announce the categories. I think. So and then uh, and then, who knows? Next week might be the last show of the year. We might end up just doing another one after that. Who knows? But yeah, I think for all in all, I think next year, next week might be the final episode. Yeah, but who knows? Anything else would to, be a bonus. It will be. I mean, I've still got some of the Wales coverage and stuff to put out there, which yeah. is it, I feel bad that it's just sitting on a hard drive and I've not listened to it myself. But there's some absolute gems from this year, thoroughly. Sci-Fi Wales and the Newcastle Film Festival are my highlights of the year. Excellent. I think I'm looking forward to uh, this coming Friday. That's when um, Bird Box with Sandra Bullock comes out on Netflix. I am. Um, I might watch that this weekend. Then. Obviously, I've uh, been uh, raving about that trailer for the last few weeks, so uh, I'm looking forward to that. And I have found out today that. They are remaking uh, Big Trouble in Little China, and I wanted to mention that. Has anybody heard? Well, see, you say you say remake. Uh, it's apparently a remake slash sequel. Mm. So potentially, Kurt Russell could appear. So I mean, I know The Rock was scheduled to appear in it. Yeah. Where you go? Okay, he's a, he's scheduled to appear in everything. That guy's like <laughs> you know, every film out there. He's going to appear in it. Guillermo del Toro's going to make it, or Peter Jackson's going to make it. One of the two. But yeah, with the Big Trouble in Little China one, it is a, a remake slash sequel, mm. so, which will hopefully make Bob a little bit happier, rather than it just being a straight remake. I would have thought. Pay me dubious at the moment. Yes, exactly. But hopefully it will Until turn out to be. <laughs> hopefully it will be like it was when Fellowship of the Ring came out. Yes. And you went into it going, Ugh, "Go on, upset me," and you came out and you went, "Actually, it was quite good." Yeah. <laughs> to let you off. So that was all right. So, well, it is that time of the, the evening, guys. It's time to disappear. So back to our day jobs tomorrow. Yep. Fun and games. Back to our getting rid of monkey viruses. and <laughs> already have chasing me up. <laughs> really? What, asking if you're going to be in or anything like that? Yeah, exactly. It's like, well, I don't know, I'm ill. <laughs> so I'm not, not well. It's, uh, podcasting's easy, isn't it? Because you can just sit in one position and... Um, I mean, I think you've probably had two or three coffee fits, I think, throughout. But uh, so. Well, this is it. It's basically one of the things that's putting me off going in is I'm on the early shift, so it's going to be an hour and a quarter on the motorways. And quite literally, if I have a coughing fit while I'm doing anything over like 10 miles an hour, Mm -hmm. I'm going to lose control. Yeah, because it's not just a slight cough. It's literally, yeah. I've got a pulled muscle in my sternum at the moment. So it, it's literally, I've got a whole big kind of you know chest and I can do little other than the coughing. So yeah. So you could endanger yourself, but and also other, other people. Users. Yeah. So saying that, I, I think the, the culture in the UK for, for kind of encouraging you to go to work whilst you're sick is awful anyway. Oh, so I was having this conversation with somebody at work the other day because, like, my entire bank at work, we're all down. It's like people are walking past the, our desks, you know, running because everybody's coughing and spluttering. And there was one guy, and he was literally he was slumped over his desk. He was very, very ill. 
to be fair, he wasn't helping himself because he wasn't eating anything because he didn't want to. But you've got to, you've got to yeah. fight it really aggressively. But he he hadn't got to that point yet. And if he'd have gone home ill or not shown up, he would have got disciplinary for it and potentially lost his entire bonus next year type thing. Mm. Yeah. And and some people were going, oh, this company's crap for stuff like this. And like, it's not just this company. It's companies yeah. in the UK that have general, yeah. such a shocking um, sickness. I mean, you don't want to encourage people to take days off left, right and centre, but nor do you want to penalise people well, if they're off more than like twice a year. Yeah, exactly. The thing that. is as well is... If you go in like this, I mean, I, I, before I came onto the podcast, I made sure I was well dosed up. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you go in, you're coughing and sneezing on folk. You know, you're going to spread it around everyone. So everyone's yeah. going to end up with it. Now, one of the things that I'm meant to be doing this week is basically learning some of the account systems of all things, would you believe, for an IT specialist, um, from a woman that's going on maternity leave at Christmas. Uh. So she's six months pregnant. So I really don't want to pass this on to her. Well, exactly. No. It, so like I, I uh, there was one of my day jobs. Uh, I, I remember very well that I, I worked there many years and there was one employee and when they came in um, sick, as it would always be the case, because they they like to say that I've never had a day off work. Yeah. Um, so they came in no matter what. And it was always guaranteed a couple of days after they'd come in ill, I would be ill. And it used yeah. to really, really annoy me because I ended up um, kind of being off from work because I always ended, seemed to end up with it worse. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just seems so unfair. Um, yeah, it is. The ship is had, in place. <coughs> we had people at our work that were they were coming in and they were quite healthy. This was last week, and everybody around them was coughing and spluttering. And they were like, "Oh, I hope I don't get ill." Blah blah blah. Sure enough, those two people are now ill mm. um, <laughs> because everybody surrounded them were literally coughing their guts up. And um, I noticed a lot where I was I catch public transport in and. There's a, two days in a row, this woman sat next to me on the bus, coughing into her hand, which is the correct thing to do, but then holding onto the, mm-hmm. the, the pole where you press yep. the button. And I think, you know what, if I hadn't seen her do that, I could, I'd normally grab the poles on these buses to get up, to then yep. go to McDonald's, to have like a sandwich or something, yep. and eat it, and I don't wash my hands before... Uh, you know, when I get off a bus or what and whatnot. And mm-hmm. I, I saw her do it. I thought, I ain't touching that pole. But so often we just don't realize how many germs we're in fact oh, yeah. picking up. And spreading. various places and spreading them around. Yeah. You know, now when I get into work, I'm wiping the keyboard down with a uh, disinfecting. I've not got to OCD level yet, but I'm being conscious mm. of, of not contaminating myself as much as I would have done in the past. So it's, uh, but hopefully we will all be wonderfully healthy for Christmas and be wonderfully healthy for the next week's podcast, I'm sure. I'm not so, holding my breath. <laughs> no, don't, don't hold your breath. But hopefully we will be. But, yes. Uh, yeah, just keep finding, fighting it aggressively. Definitely. Which is what I've been doing for well over a week. And it's near enough gone, but you know, yeah. not quite. But we shall see. Just keep taking the drugs. Exactly. <laughs> right, well, gentlemen, I shall leave you to it this Sunday, the 16th of December. 
Uh, don't even know what the episode title is. Don't really care. Haven't really come up with a name with it, but I'm sure I'll manage to. Yeah. Um, I may call it something to do with one of the Guinness adverts. Yes. For uh, for the Rutger one, so I might. It's hard being a dolphin. I might. I may. I, you know, what? I'm going to call it that episode. Whatever it is, it's hard being a dolphin. Go for it. <laughs> just just see how many people actually understand that without listening to the episode. If they do, so, I'll bet they're more my age. <laughs> yeah, maybe that should be a competition prize. If you can, uh, you can tell me what the episode title means, then uh, you can have a Blu-ray. But yeah. you know, <laughs> we'll see. Oh. But yeah, you enjoy. Get some sleep, and I, I will catch so. up with you both throughout the week. Thank you both very, very much, and I look forward to chatting to you both again. Yeah, thank you. Take care, Rob. Take care, Bob. Goodbye. Bye bye. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.